In the last 60 years or so, most of American contemporary music enjoyed by young people has come from a genre known as rock and roll. Now, this includes the more recent genres of punk, grunge, death metal, gangster rap, and hip-hop. But if I asked you to name three contemporary songs in the last five years that lifted up chastity before marriage, could you do it? How about two songs? Or one song? Could you name just one song in the last 10 years that lifted up chastity before marriage? What about the past 20 years? How about in the last 60 years? Well, you know, when it comes to rock, rap, or hip-hop music, the question is almost foolish in the asking. Why? Well, because sexual purity is the antithesis to the very nature of all forms of rock and roll. And considering the other vices associated with much of this music, including drugs or violence, rebellion, vulgarity, greed, and a disrespect for parents, the question that isn't so foolish is, so why do we allow our kids and ourselves to be entertained by music that so grieves the heart of God? Exposing the Emperor's New Clothes. That's coming up next on License to Parent. Welcome to Licensed to Parent, the only radio program helping parents raise their teens that takes its cues from within the proving ground of a residential program helping troubled teens. That program is Shepherd's Hill Academy. Our host on Licensed to Parent is the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill, Trace Embry, and I'm Rich Rosel. And uh, Trace, I know that this is a subject today that is near and dear to your heart. Mm -hmm. But I am going to be hearing the cries of legalism, fear-mongering, maybe hate, perhaps even some bigotry and racism uh, after a program like this. Do you think rock and roll is really as a class the devil's music? Hmm. Well, you, you, in, in your list of uh, uh, things that you talked about rock and roll, you forgot to mention the occult. Uh, but I never said rock and roll was the devil's music, uh, although many, and I mean very many, of the artists who actually write the stuff and perform it uh, say exactly that. Uh, you know, what I would say is that the devil's found a home in so much of what we call rock and roll music. Yeah. Uh, just like southern accents are home to, to us Georgians. That doesn't mean we all speak with an accent. So the enemy can use any kind of music to accomplish his ends, even a cute kid song. Uh, he can also use your favorite sermon, your favorite pastor, preacher, or priest. He, he can use you and me in this very program, Rich. Uh, but music in particular has always been arguably the greatest conduit between the, the carnal and the spiritual world. Uh, why else would God use it as a fundamental means of bringing in praise and worship from day one? Uh, most theologians will tell you that Lucifer was the worship leader in heaven before his pride got him kicked out of heaven, taking yeah. a third of the angels with him. Uh, today, we know that Lucifer, uh, that same Lucifer, as Satan or the devil, uh, and he's still using music today as a conduit uh, into the spiritual realm. The question we need to ask ourselves as parents is this, which spirit am I glorifying in that mm -hmm. realm by way yeah. of you know, the music I'm listening to. Uh, Bach said that all music should be for the glorification of God or the refreshment of the, of the human spirit. And because worship and entertainment are cousins, it's, it's easy for us mere humans to be duped into believing that we're worshiping God when too often we're merely entertaining ourselves. Yeah. But are we refreshing ourselves? Are we refreshing our spirits? Uh, you know, and there's nothing wrong with, with entertaining ourselves, um, you know, unless we're entertaining ourselves with things that are grieving the heart of God. Uh, look, if I was amused by and paid for music and entertainment that degraded your wife and your kids, and even you, Rich, uh, not to mention the other evil ideologies that it might bring to the forefront of my own mind, how would you feel about that? 
Not so good. No, no. And so yeah. why should God feel any different uh, when his creation is debased? Yeah. Well, I was going to introduce our guest today, but instead I'm going to introduce you to my lawyer who is going to <laughs> take you down for that. I do want to introduce our guest today. And by the way, let me say uh, for this topic about music, it is a... a it, it can be a heated topic. It's a very sure. emotional topic for yeah. a lot of people. And um, our, our guest makes some excellent points, and you and he share much uh, in common about this topic. I am at times going to attempt to ask some of the questions that the other side would present. Sure. So absolutely. Um, we want to cover this, and we want to cover it as deeply as I can. So let me introduce today's guest. His name is G. Craig Lewis, and he has been ministering for over 25 years. He's the pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. Uh, he also travels the world spreading the message of deliverance through X Ministries, that's E-X Ministries, and promotes the message of Jesus Christ while fighting against the secularization of God's church. And that's pretty much our concern today. Have we secularized God's church too much, especially through our music? Well, uh, G. Craig, welcome to the Licensed Apparent Broadcast. Thank you guys for having me. You know, uh, some folks see you as a very controversial guy with some very controversial messages, but uh, uh, what I want to pick your brain about today is music, particularly hip-hop, because I think uh, uh, you see and understand some things in this area that, that most Americans, most in the church, I would say, are blinded to. Uh, but first, tell us a little bit about X Ministries and your DVD series, The Truth About Hip-Hop. Well, Find Hip-Hop was birthed out of a vision that God gave me years ago concerning music, uh, showing me... I guess originally how the rock and roll music had infiltrated the church. And I grew up seeing different things like Hell's Bells or they gave their soul to rock and roll and different mm -hmm. exposés on rock and roll. And God began to show me how those things would pale in comparison to what was coming next, sure. which was uh, more of a uh, religious subcultural movement that um, would call itself hip-hop. Mm -hmm. And then the, the greatest, I guess, deception of it all would be how, you know, uh, the music would become synonymous with the worship of false gods, idolatry, the Illuminati, and all these different things. Mm -hmm. And so it would become more, more blatant than rock and roll was. Rock and roll was very sneaky. Even though it, it had its, uh, I guess, forward appeal it did it it more more so led uh, the generation into uh sex in and those kinds of things mm -hmm. but what hip hop has done and is able to do is to take the spirituality side of it or the christianity or you know just the belief in god and skew that in the minds of the of the young so that you know it makes the listener a God, and yeah. it makes the ones they're listening to a God, and so it deifies them, and so it brings about more of a powerful father-like replacement or replacing the authority of the home or replacing the authority of a pastor or leader, mm -hmm. so it becomes more of a guide. So it, it's kind of had that long effect, uh, I guess that, that longevity is why it's been around so long, because it it does those things that... I don't believe uh, rock and roll was able to do uh, as effectively. So this is a deeper subject than anyone realizes, uh, and we're going to just scratch the surface here in 30 I, minutes. And I, and I wanted to jump in because you used a term a moment ago that that surprised me. I have never heard hip-hop referred to as a religious experience. 
And uh, talk to me, anyway, about what you mean by that, because I was not familiar with any religious overtones per se in hip-hop as a genre. But then again, that's not my style of music. So uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Well, the first thing is that hip-hop is, they consider it not what you do. Uh, So they definitely separate the music from the subcultural movement. So they say hip-hop is, you know, music is what we do, or rap is what we do, but hip-hop is who we are. Mm, That's the term that the founders use. And so the the four founding members or the four founders of this subculture, who are all still alive, um, they've actually gone to the U.N., they've actually gone to college campuses, they have it uh, documented, they have it registered as a practicing religion, and even um, they even have their own Bible. Uh, hip hop Bible, where they it was written by KRS One maybe ten years ago, and so they it teaches you how to worship in in hip hop. They have temples of hip hop. Uh, hip hop is way deeper than most people realize because it is a total replacement of the missing father. You know, the uh-huh. African American uh, culture suffers uh, more than any other uh, uh, ethnic group. Uh, when it comes to fatherlessness, uh, I mm. think, you know, we're looking at 80 to 83 percent of the African-American homes are without a father. Why is that? So, well, <laughs> it has a lot to do with the music. It has a lot to do with culture. But I, I think, you know, my my personal take on it after all of these years of studying is it it has a lot to do with women being empowered over the men. And mm-hmm. men not having a rightful place in the lives of the women. So mm-hmm. basically, if you, you know, push the woman to the forefront and make her the leader, you know, which goes back to slavery, dates back to slavery, because it was a tactic that was used in slavery to, um, you know, to emasculate the man, because they knew that if we put the woman in charge, it would emasculate the man and the man would just become basically uh, you know, stud you used, yeah, stud used yeah. for reproduction. And so that same thing is kind of happening now where women are pushed to the forefront of the workplace. They're pushed to the forefront as the breadwinner of the home in African-Americans. They're pushed to independence. They're never really taught to be wives, to be mothers, mm-hmm. to put their husbands first, to put their homes first. They're taught to go out secure yourself, make sure you don't depend on a man, make sure yeah. you don't need a man. Bottom and line so this, is we've messed with God's ecosystem. We, yes. We, I call it creation roles. We've messed with God's creation yeah. roles uh, because, you know, once you begin to do that, then the, the, the generation under that is the ones that's going to suffer. So the whole baby boomer mentality has really, really hurt the African-American community, probably more so than any other mm. uh, race. Mm. Uh, the death of the rock star Prince stopped virtually all news programs in their tracks with mainstream news anchors like CNN's Anderson Cooper, Don Lemon, devoting entire programs to covering his life and career. And this went on for days and days, uh, not too dissimilar than if he had been our nation's president. But Prince produced some of the most vulgar material in the music industry for his time, and yet he's hailed as a as a musical genius, a, a hero, virtually godlike from the perspective of, of those news people who covered the story, people who are traditionally thought to be respectable, responsible, trusted, and wise. From the perspective of Scripture, what is going on here? Well, it's 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 Lucifer's fall, you know, Prince. 
Prince spoke of the afterlife being hell. He spoke of, you know, in his song, uh, Let's Go Crazy, mm -hmm. he spoke of the elevator trying to bring us down. And, and when it does that, just go crazy, meaning when you're going to hell, go crazy. He even said at the beginning of the song, when he did the whole Dearly Beloved, we're gathered here today, he mm -hmm. said, you know, there's another thing, the afterworld, where you can always see the sun day and night. Well, we know there's no night in New Jerusalem. With, so, so he has to be talking about hell. And then he died in an elevator, mm -hmm. which, is, which is, you know, so... I, emblematic. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, Prince has been the bisexual leader of the whole Lucifer, Lucifera, female, male merging, the whole transgender movement. He's led that movement for many years. It got to the point to where Prince music would cause people to not even look at him as trying to be a woman, even though he confessed on uh, uh, Chris when he was being interviewed by Chris Rock. Or no, well, Oprah Winfrey at first he said that there's a woman, there, there's a spirit inside of him, and he doesn't know whether it's male or female because it mm. manifests itself as both. And then he told Chris Rock that a woman comes and speaks to him and gives him all his songs in his sleep. So we're talking about a guy who just skirted the edge of that controversy and really brought that to the forefront. But he was so talented that you excuse the whole bisexual, mm -hmm. the whole sexual thing, because he was just so, I mean, dude, mastered 20 instruments. So yeah. he was so talented. But, you know, here's, people, here's the thing. You've got people like Lemon and, and Cooper who have their own issues, you know, in their private lives. But, you know, you mentioned talented. Hey, you know what? Al Capone was talented. Adolf Hitler was talented. It takes talent to pull off the perfect murder, the perfect uh, uh, crime, the perfect uh, bank heist. And I think we've confused talent with beauty, maybe. I don't know true beauty as God sees it. Your, your, your thoughts? It's music. I mean, it, that's the difference. Mm -hmm. Al Capone wasn't playing music. Right, I mean, exactly. You know, if, if you can play music, you can make people forget your original intent. You know, right. music has the power to go into the mind of a man, disturb his conscience mm -hmm. without his consent. Only music can do that. I, I, I want to jump in here and try to steer the conversation a little bit more toward just the music aspect of it and not even necessarily specific genres. Um Hollywood has proven this, since we're talking about empirical evidence, that a soundtrack to a movie does everything mm -hmm. in terms of setting the tone and the feel for the action that's going on on screen. If you, you know, watch a movie with the sound off, it's not nearly the same experience. So, yes, we know that music has an emotional component to it, and you have both made the case that it's also a spiritual component. Um, can we divorce the hip-hop music from the hip-hop culture or any style of music from the culture from which it arose and just take that style of music and can that not be used for good or bad if you, you know, perhaps change the arrangement or change the lyrics? Is that a valid statement? Well, it depends. It depends on what music we're talking about. Um, hip-hop is not, because it's a cultural uh, movement. It has utilized rap. And the reason why they selected rap, rap was here before there was hip hop. Mm -hmm. But the reason they selected rap was because they could get a lot of lyrics in in a short amount of time. So That's it's true. better to indoctrinate a person with a hidden agenda if you can give them paragraphs and paragraphs of information in a three minute song. So rap was targeted for indoctrination, but 
I, I have rappers in my church. I've produced music for rappers uh, in my church, different ones. And, you know, rap can actually be used, you know, for good if it's disassociated with the hip-hop subculture. The hip-hop okay. subculture is the belief, you know, that we are God, that we are our own rule makers. Basically, it's Aleister Crowley's do what thy wilt shall be the whole of the law. It's the it's the guy that's, you know, uh, degrading himself, sagging his pants. It's the guy who wants to tat- tattoo himself up. It's the whole, you know, street image, hood mm-hmm. image, looking, you know, defiant. That's, that's synonymous with hip-hop culture. But the music, rap music, was here before that. Uh, it's rhythm and poetry. I mean, it's Dr. Seuss and it just just any you know poet poetic rhythmic right. feel you put to rhyming. That's pretty much what rap is. So yeah. yes, I guess the answer to your question is yes, it can be divorced from that. But when it comes to rock and roll, there is a little difference. Now, a screaming guitar and loud drummer is not necessarily rock and roll. But when you're screaming lyrics to the point of distortion where they can't be understood or you're using piercing tones or certain melodies that go against the natural, uh, I guess, the natural flow that creates, you know, an environment that is more pleasing or euphoric, then you have a problem because, you know, trying to put worship or something with something that's distorting what you're saying could be, you know, uh, detrimental and could right, could be, right. you know, could be hard to there's understand. A, there's an energy and spirit behind that stuff. And I think that the reason this is so such a complicated uh, subject is because it is spiritual. Yeah. And when you try to articulate something that's spiritual, hang on. Yeah, and, and this actually is kind of basic songwriting 101, too. If you're writing the music, the music and the lyric need to support one another. And if they're going mm-hmm. in opposite directions, then you're not going to yeah, accomplish Yeah, you don't, you don't make a, a, a wedding song to a polka, usually. You know, I did or, once. Or a honeymoon. Or, <laughs> or a funeral. <laughs> we need to take a break. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent is G. Craig Lewis. He's the pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. He's also with X Ministries. That's EX Ministries. You can learn more about his work at exministries.com. And this is Licensed to Parent. You'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. And we'll be back with more conversation right after this. Being a teen in today's culture is tough. Being a parent of a troubled teen can be even tougher. If you feel like pulling your hair out or worse, your family may be in crisis. Sometimes we make light of our family situations to help us deal with them, but that really doesn't fix the underlying problems. Shepherds Hill Academy is here to help find the root of the problem as well as healing and hope. But if residential care is not a fit for you, Shepherds Hill Family Coaching can provide you with decades of experience from the front lines to help you overcome the challenges your family is facing. And best of all, we meet with you where you are with simple phone calls. Family Coaching is a dynamic partnership that helps you discern God's will and reach goals for your family that are biblical. Basically, live the life your family was designed for, and that's no joke. Learn more at helpmytroubledteen.org forward slash coaching. I'm Joe Dallas. So many men and women go into parenting blindly, without training, without education, without proper mentoring. More than ever today, there is a critical need 
for voices that are explaining to potential parents what it takes to raise a child and to existing parents what it takes to raise that child properly. Licensed to parent is part of the solution to the problem of a lack of proper parenting. And I'm very proud to be associated with that solution. With the generous gifts from people just like you, we're able to provide parents with practical insights to navigate the challenges families face in today's culture, as well as helping troubled teens in our year-long residential program. To learn more and to donate, visit LicensedToParent.org. Welcome back to License to Parent, the radio program that dives into the issue of parenting from a biblical perspective, but with the benefit of a proving ground called Shepherd's Hill Academy, where we work day in and day out, year in and year out with troubled teens. So we are here, and we are glad that you are here, because today we are digging into the topic of music and its influence, its cultural influences on us as believers, and whether we may have secularized the church a little too much by uh, by bringing in the wrong musical influences into our worship. Our guest today is G. Craig Lewis. He has been working for years on, uh, I guess, fighting the culturalization of the church in America, and uh, we are glad to have him with us today. And G. Craig, we've been talking about hip-hop. Uh, we've been talking about rock and roll. Trace, let me get you to pick it back up there, and we'll yeah, continue. Yeah, many folks would argue that they came to Christ at a, at a Lecrae concert. Now, first of all, who is Lecrae, and, and how do you respond to those who defend his music as being uh, of the Lord? Well, Lecrae is a hip-hop, a Christian hip-hop artist. Um, is, that, is that an oxymoron? That's a very serious oxymoron okay. because he, he, he's, he believes he can take, and I've had a discussion with him about this, um, but he believes he can take the hip-hop subcultural genre, which is, of course, defiance, replacement for the father. And then, of course, he was without his father, and he says that hip-hop is his daddy. He even has a song where he says, hip-hop don't act like you don't know me. We've got the same mama. And so he... He pushes hip-hop uh, into the lives of children. Now, let, let, let me say this before I get into Lecrae too much. I, I am not for music being used during altar call, altar prayer, and I those agree. kinds of things I agree. because of the coercion power that music has. I music agree. will draw you up there yeah. without the Holy Spirit That's drawing exactly you up right. there. So people that say that they've been, they were saved at a concert, were they saved at a concert or did they want to go up to be closer to the person that's performing? Mm -hmm. That's, that's the biggest question. So I would question any time music or anything coercive is used in the process of someone coming to Christ. Mm -hmm. I would question whether or not they had a true, authentic, born again experience. And here's the other catch to that. Whatever drew them up there is what they have to, that they have to keep. Mm-hmm. I've had kids or teens that tell me, yeah, I got saved at this concert. And so I love this music. And I tell them go 21 days without the music. Don't listen to any music. And then they find, you know, next time we go over there, they're, they're possessed by a demon. Yeah. Anything and, you and, can't fast from owns you bottom line. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, you know, that's that piece, but the Lecrae piece, um, you know, Lecrae probably has good intentions, reach records. They probably, 
thought that or started out with good intentions, but now it's about record sales. It's about fame. It's about, you know, uh, uh, so they're turning their back on their original intent and what they originally said and who they originally were. They've taken even some of the scripture and different things off their albums, their you know their logos and different things, so that they could reach more people. So they're basically you know backtracking because now it's more about the popularity and fame. And Lecrae is recording with sinful, I mean vile sinful, sexually explicit rappers and different ones. He's recording with them. He's hanging out with them. He's being photographed with them. He's, you know, so basically he's endorsing the problem. So hmm. how can you help a person and then you, you give them the problem again or you endorse the problem that they had if the problem is music? To, to play the devil's advocate here, um, some might argue, well, Jesus went into the bars, went where the sinners were. He didn't hang out on the high and holy mount, but, you know, he he went into where they were. Is there a difference uh, that you're seeing in this case, uh, perhaps in the fact that he is actually recording with some of these artists? Might that be the difference? Yeah, Jesus did not go into a covenant. You know, uh, when record companies have contracts, it's written on the contract that it is a covenant. Hmm. Okay, so yeah. they're signing covenants. And the covenant is for them to not talk against anyone else on their record labels or anyone else a part of the company. That's why when they get famous like Lecrae, he can never say anything negative. Like what we're talking about now, he can never have this conversation publicly. Even when he came against me on Twitter, his PR made him delete everything he said to me. Hmm. So he has to embrace all music, all uh, performers, everyone in order to keep that you know ability to succeed in in the industry so jesus jesus didn't do that with the sinners i promise you <laughs> well why do so many uh kids and and even parents politicians and even some pastors seem to be blinded to what folks like you and me see as, as clear as a bell with, with respect to music and then as far as parents are concerned how do you respond to the parent who says you know i listen to this kind of stuff and i turned out all right <laughs> You know, that's rel that's a total relative statement. Right. I mean <laughs> but as far as the politicians and uh, you know, everyone else, I mean it's about people. Mm -hmm. People equal money, people equal fame, Votes. people people can put you up somewhere. So if the the, the, the general consensus, uh, if Obama says Beyonce is is, you know, a great uh, artist and has Beyonce and Jay Z in the White House yeah, that's then I, you're basically giving them a pass into everyone's house because yeah. that's the leader in chief. So these guys can't come against something that's so popular right. because they want popularity. If I want popularity, I have to embrace what is popular. Well, I know we're out of time, but I do have one quick question. Uh, how do you feel about iPods and headphones for kids and how do parents enforce rules about these things without being legalistic? Uh, parents need to be legalistic. Hallelujah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been G. Craig Lewis. He's the pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas, which, as we just discovered, does not only use Gregorian chants in their worship music. He's also with X Ministries. That's E X. 
and the word ministries. You'll uh, find more about his work at exministries.com. Uh, G. Craig, this has been a pleasure. I appreciate your jumping into this dialogue and, and doing so with both feet. Thanks so much for your time today. Thank you, sir. Thank you guys for having me. I enjoyed it. Right. If you're ever in North Georgia, stop by and see us. <laughs> yes, sir. I will. And this is the Licensed to Parent broadcast, the uh, radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, which is located in Northeast Georgia, a year-long residential Christ-centered uh, program for teens in crisis and, by extension, for their families as well. If you'd like to find out more about Shepherd's Hill and about our radio program, you'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. Our time is up for today, so along with Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rossell, inviting you back again next time where, once again, you can renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody or something else will. God bless you. See you next time.